If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for coming to another Coffee in California Politics. We'll give everybody a minute, as always, to hop on. Um, big news that we're going to discuss today, obviously, is the news of Kevin Kiley jumping into the race. And the Republicans, you know, they have some more choices now. So I think this is something we need to talk about. I know there's a lot of uh, speculation or rumors about him starting or getting into the race. And... Uh, he finally has. Now we have some other rumors that like someone like Larry Elder is going to be hopping into the race as well. And, uh, you know, I made the, the video yesterday, which we can talk about in a minute and we can go over Kevin Kiley first and talk about him. And obviously the point of coffee in California politics, if this is your first time tuning in, what's up West Hollywood, uh, is for this to be a conversation. This is more of a interactive. This is not really like the, you know, a podcast, um, it really is about listening to you guys and interacting and hearing your thoughts and just being on a platform where you feel like you can have your voice heard and you won't be judged for it, especially here in California. So without further ado, you can obviously let me know what you think about Kevin Kiley jumping into the race, whether you have any questions. Um, I've been doing more research on Kevin Kiley since he announced because I know of his recent history, which is the legislation um this is regarding uh, suing Gavin Newsom. Um, he's going to the Supreme Court with James Gallagher. Basically, what their lawsuit is about is the emergency powers that were enacted and over the idea that he can't just keep holding on to these emergency powers as long as he wants. So we'll, be, we'll see. That's going to the Supreme Court. Um, I think at the trial court, they did well. Then they appealed it. And now they're going back and forth. So we'll see what happens. But... At this point, Kevin Kiley has jumped into the race. Now, I explained yesterday about what is the recall process. And I think this is important. If you haven't watched the video, a lot of people are saying, well, we need to get behind one person. And I was saying, you don't really have to get behind one person because you can have a bunch of different um, factions of supporters and all those supporters are united behind one question, which is, should Noodles be recalled? And if that's the case, then yeah, he should be recalled and all those people are going to vote yes. And on the, the point that I made about someone like Kevin Kylie jumping in or like a Larry Elder, if he does jump in, is that it could be a good thing because it may bring more people off the sidelines. So there may be people who are like, well, eh, you know, I, I want to recall uh, good old Noodles, but I don't really know, like... Do I want to vote for anybody else? I'm not really excited. But if you get a candidate who you are really excited about, then you may hop off the line and say, okay, now I'm going to vote yes. So if he brings in, uh, you know, let's say, I don't know, a couple extra thousand people who are going to vote yes on the recall, that's a good thing, you know, and we're in the terms of, in the, in the voice of Bernie Sanders, as he says, that's a good thing. Um, and that's really the strategy. It's not really about noodles versus Kevin Kylie. It's not noodles versus Kevin Faulkner. It's really noodles versus this question, whether or not he should be recalled. And if there's enough people who, and all these different factions of supporters that come on board 
and just get past that first question, which I think is probably one of the more important questions, because once he's recalled, I'd like to think that his political career is effectively over and that we've ended his political career, that he was recalled in a state that has a two to one advantage. Um, so that's the more important question to me. Now, something else I had thought of regarding, you know, yeah, there's only going to be like a year why it's even more important to get out and make sure we recall and replace him with a Republican uh, governor. And people say, well, it'll only be there a year. How much can he get done? Think about it this way. If you get a Republican governor after the recall, we've guaranteed that there will be a Republican on the ballot in 2022. If we don't and the recall fails and Newsom goes forward, there may not be a guarantee that there's a Republican on the ballot in 2022. And that's a a scary thought that it might be to Democrats again. And this may be the best chance to really kind of set things up. So it's not only are you trying to get all these factions together and all these supporters together to vote yes on him or vote yes on recalling him is also making sure if we get a Republican governor in there, they will be on the, t- the the ticket or the ballot next year. And so that's even more important because you've guaranteed at least there'll be a Republican voice in the gubernatorial race, not to mention there'll be an incumbent. So that helps as well. They can run on a quick little record of here's what I'm doing. Here's where the state's going. If you like what I'm doing, give me four years, give me a full administration, give me a full four years to do what I'm doing and let's move things forward. And that's really what this is about. It's kind of like an incremental chess game of, You get him out, you get a Republican governor in there, he's on the ticket for 2022, which then benefits you because then you have that choice. And they also have at least a year of getting stuff done. And, you know, with the power of the California government, as much as I hate it and I hate how big the California government has gotten, how bureaucratic and bloated it's gotten, you could use the power of the government to change a lot of things really quickly with the, I mean, look at how much Newsom has really kind of changed just by being governor. Republican governor can go in and do exactly the same thing, issue executive orders and whatnot. So there's a little bit of a chess game going on here. And I want people to really focus on like the bigger picture here, that it's these incremental moves of first, we all should agree that we have to vote yes, that we should all be on support of get them out of there. Once we get them out of there, then we get someone in there. Um, And I know people are obviously, you know, torn about who should be the person who goes in there but let's just say x republican candidate goes in there then now you have them on the ballot in 2022 and now you've set yourself up for at least you know the next year or so you have at least the focus you you at least have a dog in the fight in terms of you're you're not completely shut out and if it goes to 2022 and noodles is not recalled there's a good chance there could be another democrat on the ballot come 2022 it's just too to Democrats. So, ah, as I was, oh, let's jump into Kevin Kiley. So as I was saying, the most I know about Kevin Kiley, I know he's been a fighter. Um, and I will give him now, give him the fact that he's been a fighter, um, in the assembly. I was kind of hesitant about someone. I hope that this isn't like a BLR and all. I hope they plans on continuing to be in the legislature because he's become sort of the young firebrand in the assembly. And he's become one of the more vocal people in the assembly, even though the Republicans are really in a small major, uh, minority in the state legislature. He's become sort of the firebrand. He's become sort of the vocal leader of the opposition in the legislature. 
And that's important for people to understand that he's been fighting and he's been on the front lines. Um, I mean, obviously putting his money where his mouth is, is really important because he's gone out with the lawsuit, him and James Gallagher. They're both attorneys. Um, I didn't realize he was also a prosecutor uh, back in the day. Let me just go over the about section of Meet Kevin Kiley. Some things I didn't know. And then there's some other things I found on Ballotpedia. Again, if you ever want to do research on any candidate, Ballotpedia is a fantastic resource because they give you everything, all the links of what bills they've sponsored, what report cards they've gotten. So let's see. Uh, it is a hundred percent citizen back. I want to refusing all funding from special interests that have spent tens of millions electing Gavin Newsom. Um, I've heard some things that that's not entirely true. I've heard that like Facebook, uh, has donated to his campaign. So I'll have to do a double check on that. The son of a special education teacher, Kevin began his career as a high school teacher in inner city, Los Angeles, where he chaired the English department, led his students to significant academic gains. Then he became an attorney. Uh, defend the U.S. Constitution, California, and help prosecute the civil case against China's Huawei, Huawei technologies for intellectual property theft. Um, he left private practice to become a prosecutor and deputy attorney general, representing the people of California in cases against violent felons. Um, I believe it was at the same time he was, you know, I, I don't think he subscribed to her, but I think he worked in the same office when I think Kamala was uh, the attorney general. I mean, not that that's like really a big thing. It's not like, I don't know. You go work at an office and like these prosecutor offices are so big that most of the time the district attorney probably doesn't even know who these little guys are. Um, November 2020, Kevin and fellow legislature James Gallagher made use of their legal training by winning a trial against Governor Newsom for violating the separation of powers. And that's the one that's really still going on right now. Five years in the legislature, Kevin has authored groundbreaking new laws in freedom of speech, artificial intelligence, privacy, criminal justice reform, and protections for sexual assault victims. Uh, for his work advancing economic freedom, in 2020, he was named the National Legislature of the Year by the Association of Independent Workers. Um, he declined a per diem, declined, so he's declined a lot of benefits as being a legislature. Kevin holds a bachelor's degree from Harvard, a law degree from Yale, so he's a smart guy. I mean, I'll give him that. That is... That is some high-end stuff. You don't go to Harvard and get a law degree from Yale um, without being a smart guy. And master's in secondary education from Floyd Marymount. He also served as an adjunct professor at McGeorge School of Law. So the law school of my old alma mater. Um, all right. Now going over to Ballotpedia. Let's see. He raised... I'm trying to look at the numbers for 2019. Um, he did run in 2019 for a state Senate district, district one, uh, he raised about almost a million dollars, $974,000. Uh, let's see. And then for assembly, which he won in 2016, he won, he, he raised $600,000. So big fundraiser. And I saw last night that he did get about $200,000 already within like the first couple hours. So that's a big deal. Uh, let's see some of the bills that he has sponsored or supported. And this is just from Ballotopedia. You can see it. Hold on one second. Where is it? It's on this page somewhere. Give me one second. Hold, hold, please. Um, he sponsored Student Health Week, um, Loving Day. What is Loving Day? Let's take a look. We're going to take a look at this right now. Um, Bill Text, what is Loving Day? 
Um, huh. Okay. 16 states were banned. Interracial coming. Let me just maybe. Huh. Okay. So it's a recognition of. Oh, okay. It's the, the Lovings were an interracial couple, um, and they were banned by their home state of Virginia. So it's just a recognition of that day. Interesting. Uh, Portuguese Heritage Month, USS Liberty Remembrance Day, Arts, Cultural, and Creativity Month, Adult Education, California Grown Flower Month, Alzheimer's, California. So a lot of these are kind of like, I mean, they're kind of simple slam dunks. Um, yeah, that, that that's what they're talking about, Loving Day. When you think of it, you're like Loving Day, but they're talking about the lovings. Um, that's what that issue was, is that. That, you know, a while back, there were some states that banned interracial marriages. So that is, that was, you know, not too far along behind in our history. Uh, let's see. A lot of these right now I'm looking at are really just kind of slam dunk. Like, I don't know what they're called. I don't know what you'd call them. Um, like vanity bills, I guess you would say. Like, they don't really do anything. They're just kind of like... This is, keep in mind, this is what you're spending your tax dollars on is your representatives to make these decisions. Um, uh, whereas July 4th and July 4th, 2022 marks the 245th and the 246th. Did you guys know that it was the 245th anniversary of the signing of declaration? Um, so basically, this is an acknowledgement of that day. That's a bill. That's what really what we needed to spend time on korean american day uh secure your load day i don't know what that means secure your load day uh let's see there's some other things let's see you can go to his bill track um one of them is this one i saw before hold on there's a lot i'm jumping around a little bit so forgive me if you guys have any comments definitely like go ahead and uh drop them about your thoughts about kevin kiley there is this bill. It was number 82 assembly concurrent resolution. So it's really just more of a resolution. It's not really a bill. Um, and it's the acknowledgement of Juneteenth. It's a big bill. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff that like you can go back and you can see what Kevin Kiley has kind of been a part of. And this is definitely more interesting than a lot of the other candidates because he's been on the ground voting on a lot of these laws and making a lot of decisions. He's been on these committees. Uh, so th there is a track record to go through when it comes to Kevin Kiley, because there are all these bills and obviously you can go through here. Like I've said, if you want to find all this, you can go to Ballotopedia, type in Kevin Kiley. Um, and you can see every single bill that he has sponsored or been a part of. Um, and that way, you kind of have a better idea of what he's been, what he's, what has he been up to in the California assembly? Now I'll give him credit. There's not a lot you can really do when you are so in the minority in the state legislature that there's really not much the Republicans can do. Like you can try and put, put, uh, any bill forward as a Republican, the chances of it really passing are slim to none because there's not really a lot of Republican support. And in fact, a lot of these bills that probably are coming through the legislature, they don't even really need Republican support. That's what we talk about when we say like there's a supermajority in the legislature. When there's a supermajority in the legislature, Democrats don't have to listen to um, 
any Republicans. They don't need any Republican support, which is why I've said before, five Senate seats in the California State Senate, if you can flip those five seats or any five seats really in the Senate, then you've changed the course of California legislation going forward. You have to start getting Republican support because you can't ram things through as fast as possible. Um, because without it, there's a lot of things that you need the, the two thirds to get it to the governor's desk. And without it, a lot of these bills would just die on the vine. So that's just my, my whole thing. I think a lot of people focus on the governor and we, you know, I know we're talking about the governor. Um, but I've always said before that we should really be focusing on the legislature because if you want the wacky and crazy bills to stop, then we need to focus on the legislature, not so much who the governor is, because the governor doesn't write legislation. He just signs it into into law. So let's see what some of the comments are saying, what people are saying about does he support mandating vaccines? Um, I don't know. I would venture to say no. I haven't seen an official statement on it. security load day could have something to do with work trucks securing their items so it doesn't fly off. Yeah, that makes sense. What about his efforts on the educational committee? Well, that's a good question. See, this bill track, let's see, he can, uh, he was assembly committee on, he's the vice chair assembly committee on education. Interesting. Let's see. Just to give you an idea, there are only two Republicans on the education committee. So, you know, they have to at least try and put some people on but they're not going to give them chairman positions because chairman can have a lot of influence over. Um, they can have a lot of influence over what bills get through the committee. Uh, I, I'd have to do a little bit more of a deep dive on what his education. I know that he does support uh, school choice and charter schools, educational equity, government infrastructure, um, general plan. Employment. Yeah, there's a lot here. You know, you can sit here and go through California Grown Flower Month. Very important stuff. Yeah. Arts, culture, and creativity. Food Allergy Awareness Week. Also very important. Um, private post-secondary education. What is this one? Mm, provides for the regulation of private post-secondary educational institution by the Bureau of Private. This act applies to private entities with a physical presence in the state that offer post-secondary education as defined in the act to the public for institutional exams. Interesting. Huh. Okay. And this is what I'm talking about. There's a lot you can go over when it comes to Kevin Kiley because there's a lot here. And if you want to read through every single bill and how he's voted on every single bill, Housing Crisis Act of 2019, immigration, there is a lot here. And... You know, this might be a project I have to tackle and kind of look at this stuff a little bit more, but there's a lot there. So also I saw that you can get a report card from different places like Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. He got an A from the Howard Jarvis Association. I'd imagine stuff like Planned Parenthood, probably not a big, a good grade from Planned Parenthood. Um... SB 276, there you go. So he, that's, he stood against it. So um, he's also fighting to repeal AB5. AB5 is a disastrous bill to California. One of those kind of short-sighted progressive bills that they think like, 
progressive bills, I feel like they never really see past their nose. They always, they see the immediate impact. Um, and that's not really how you should approach a lot of economic policies is that you should look at economic policies on the immediate impact and the lasting impact of what's going to happen after the fact. Um, and that that's from that book, economics in one lesson that you should really look at not only like the immediate impact, because that's what people think they think of. And this is something the left is really guilty of is that they will come up with something that sounds and feels really good to implement. Like, well, the $15 minimum wage, well, yeah, it sounds great. Everybody's going to make $15. Everyone's going to get a pay raise, but no one really thinks of like the long-term effects. They never want to talk about the long-term effects. They never want to say like, maybe businesses start cutting your hours. Maybe you don't qualify for healthcare anymore. Maybe they cut the workforce so they don't hire as much. Maybe there's a hiring freeze. Maybe the cost of goods now gets passed on to you. So basically it's a zero sum game because your wage, your $15 an hour, you went up. But at the end of the day, if everything else went up because you now everyone has to pay $15 an hour, does it really make a difference? Because you can't really tamper with the supply and demand of economics, but that could be for like a whole nother episode. AB5 was disastrous. Written by one of our favorites, Lorena Gonzalez. She was a big champion of that, getting rid of independent contractors in the gig economy here in California, which is ironic because the gig economy started here in California and then they outlawed the gig economy. Also, his fight against unilateral power absorbed by one branch. Yeah, that's what his lawsuit is about. So he's been fighting Newsom on that. Would Kylie's policies resemble the liberties that DeSantis provides in Florida? Um... To be completely honest, his page is very sparse at the moment. And I think that's probably because he is just announced or let's see, does he have anything else on here? Roadmap. What is roadmap? Um, oh, okay. Here we go. A post noodles roadmap. Removing Gavin Newsom will not solve California's problem at once. He exemplifies those problems and does more to compound than prior government. Humility. The opposite of Gavin Newsom's self-promotional governorship is one of humility. This means humility not in only the conduct of the state's chief executive, but the role of government itself. It means remembering that every action we take has legitimacy only by the consent of the people we represent. I like that. Concrete... Really, that means more open, deliberative approach to governance. It means restoring power to local institutions at their communities best. Uh, back to basics approach. California needs leadership more focused on non-glamorous but essential government functions. Strategy look to score runs by hitting single after single rather than always swinging for elusive home runs. The rule of law. The opposite of Gavin Newsom's lawless governorship is one that respects the rule of law. Uh, respecting the rule of law means recognize both the California and U.S. Constitution and constrain on what the government can do. Good. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who, because there's a supermajority, there's there's a lot of stuff you could pin the current government, the state it is, under the California Constitution. There's a lot under the California Constitution that I don't think people really kind of dive into the California Constitution. Like there's a right to quality education. You can make a legal argument as to what is quality education, especially in these past uh, the past year when you had to have you know, when your kids went in for Zoom class. Is that quality education? You know, are they providing it? And when you have teachers unions that are standing in the way of that, are they are their actions unconstitutional?
There are arguments there, and there's a lot there under the California Constitution. And in fact, I believe it's their equal protection is actually more expansive than the U.S. Constitution. So there's a lot of arguments there. Maybe one day we can do a kind of a breakdown of some things about the California Constitution. Public interest, the opposite of Gavin Newsom's corrupt governorship is one that serves the public interest. This requires diffusing the power of the third house lobbyists who control the two houses. The third house consists of lobbyists for union conglomerates, industry associations, and major companies. Like his buddy, uh, who Newsom's buddy, uh, who was, God, now I can't remember his name. He was the guy who organized the uh, French Laundry. Kenny, yes. Kenny, that was his name. One of the biggest lobbyists in the state, one of the most powerful lobbyists in the state. Is it Jacob Kinney? I think it's Jacob Kinney. Big oil and gas lobbyist, one of the top lobbyists. He was actually on part of Newsom's transitional team when he became governor. And then he quickly, once that was over, he flipped around, became a lobbyist with for Gavin Newsom or to his office. And the guy's been making millions. And he was also the guy whose birthday it was at the French Laundry. So to give you an idea of what kind, how many lobbyists are really have Newsom in his pocket. Um, changing this dynamic can be difficult to do through campaign finance laws, but it's achievable through a cultural change at the Capitol. That was my goal in becoming the first 100% citizen backed and having accountability. The opposite of Gavin Newsom's unscientific governorship is one that is informed by facts and data and accountable for its outcomes. Okay. Homelessness is an especially unfortunate example. Um, at the same time, we spent $2.7 billion more to address the problem over a two-year. The nonpartisan legislative analysis warned more funds would quickly dissipate because there was no strategy yet in early 2020. Newsom wanted to add a $1.4 billion in additional spending. I proposed a full audit of where funding was going and what outcomes were being achieved so that our spending would be informed by data about what would be best I like that. Yeah, sounds good. Citizen service, the opposite. Man, this is a long thing. Whew. Excuse me if this is starting to get old. Um, transparency, very important. Unity, uh, the opposite of Gavin Newsom's partisan governorship is one based on bringing more people together. It means focusing on governing California and not letting the currents of national politics distract us. Um, it's back to the basics. Responsibility, opposite is negative. Okay. So you can read the whole thing for yourself, but that's sort of his roadmap of what he wants to do. So it sounds pretty, you know, straight to, you know, holding the government accountable, limiting it, uh, making sure that we know where the funds are going, that we are smart in our approaches and that we're uh, that we're following the Constitution. Uh, Camille is a homeschool mom. Nice. He also fought for legislature to return much sooner than it did and was one of the lone assembly members at the Capitol when no one would return. Um, is this an important recall? Let's see. As a homeschool family that has gone so far as it goes to Sorry, I'm trying to catch up on all the comments. Uh, for those interested, Kevin Kiley's blog is extremely transparent and gives a good idea of his values and vision. Yeah, he does have a good blog. So he writes a lot. So if you want to get an idea of sort of where he's coming from, go read his blog. So he he's one of those politicians who actually, I feel like when you read it, it's not so much of like, Hey, by the way, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Like it's more like his actual thoughts about what is going on in California. And he kind of describes it and he has, he makes good arguments. Um, 
He's on the younger side. We need young Republicans with experience. Kylie may be young, but he's fighting harder than the established older candidates, government officials. Kylie also pushed for kids to be back in the classroom months and months ago. Uh, a post from his Facebook is floating around social media right now, which he promotes the uh, the My Sharona Cyrus Vax for 16-year-olds and shares that he has received the vaccination himself. Okay. I haven't seen that. Um... I miss what you said about education was that. Yeah, there's a right to education under the California Constitution. You can go look it up. I would encourage anybody who's really interested in California politics to start looking up not just the U.S. Constitution, because everyone's always like, well, we have the U.S. Constitution, blah, blah, blah. The California Constitution is way more expansive because it's more on point with what California deals with. Um, it's also much longer, too, because of all the propositions and the amendments that we vote on. But there are things in the California Constitution, like a right to education, that are not in the U.S. Constitution. And you can read it for yourself and see that it says there is a right to a quality education. Now, what is a quality education? I think there's some openings to make that argument as to what is quality education. Do I think Zoom calls are quality education? I don't know. I don't have kids in school, but I'm sure there are parents on here. Would you think that Zoom would you say a Zoom class for a year is quality education? Um, so that's up for you guys to decide. Vaccine should be a choice, not a mandate. It shouldn't matter if he got it or not. The point is preserving our right to choose for ourselves. Um, okay, so do, 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 do. going through a lot of the comments. You guys are all you guys are all fired up today. That's awesome. Kevin Kyle need to be a household name in the southern half of California in order to be recognized or even anyone's radar. Watch his legislation videos on Capitol floor. Yeah, I think if you're really involved in California politics, you know who Kevin Kylie is. But if you're not really kind of well-versed in California politics, you might not know who he is. And in fact, there's probably a lot of people who don't really know who like a Kevin Faulkner is. And that's why when you see like Brian Burley's uh, polls that he comes out with why John Cox is leading is probably mostly due simply to the fact that he just has name recognition that people remember him from 2018. They say, Hey, you know, I like that guy when he ran 2018. So, you know, let's have him run again. When in reality, they, they don't, they don't know who the rest of the people are. Um, I just joined, but is Kevin Kylie the guy that people have been hoping would join, but first said he wouldn't be joining. Uh, I think he was kind of exploring it. I don't know if he was really saying, I think he had always been sort of a guy on the outside that was kind of teasing whether he would jump in or not. Okay. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm getting through all your comments. You guys are blowing me up today. Um, Kylie was one of the authors of the Let Them Play movement, a huge advocate for getting California's youth back to sports when they couldn't even go back to school. Sorry, I keep knocking the phone over. It's pro medical choice. Do 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 do. Yeah, I think there's a, there's no like there's a difference between like if you want people to make the choice to get it. Like I've never said if you want to get it, go go ahead and get it. Like that's your prerogative. Do I support Joe Biden and Jen Psaki coming door to door asking if I got it? No, I don't. Uh, what are the penalties, consequences for not providing that quality education? Um, that's a good question. I mean, 
Um, I would assume it's it's sort of some sort of declaratory relief by the court saying that they're not providing it. Attorney fees, um, stuff like that. Because uh, it's similar to bringing a lawsuit like that is similar to like a 1983 under the federal constitution. It's the 1983 action where you're basically just saying like, I'm asserting my rights under the constitution and what you're doing is wrong. So it's sort of the same sort of lawsuit. You get attorney's fees. Um, it's not quality education. So a lot of people saying, no, it's, it's not quality education. Why we always go, Nope. I didn't have kids, but I did private tutor this last year. Do, 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 do read his block. There's so much. If time permits, can you talk about the proposed per mile tax? Jim Desmond briefly talked about it today. Um, oh, damages. Yeah. Well, you're going to get attorney's fees and you're going to get them to say the court to say that they did something wrong and that they, it's unconstitutional. Is it like a personal injury lawsuit where you're going to make a bajillion dollars? Probably not. No, but you'll get attorney's fees if you win that case. Um, I agree with you all on all as Facebook and actually I've been getting con feedback from others. That's a deal breaker for them that he supports. Uh, I fear they'll end up like the rest. Okay. So that's, uh, Kevin Kiley. You know, there's a lot to talk about. Um, a lot of people are very passionate about Kevin Kiley jumping into the race, which is, you know, like I said, it's, it's good if it brings people, um, oh yeah, there was a, there was a little bit of a spat, um, from between, I guess, meet Kevin had gone out and said that because Kevin Kylie on his site says meet Kevin Kylie, Kevin Pathrath is on a war path saying like you stole my trademark to, of meet Kevin. Um, I, I'm not a IP attorney, uh, but I would, it would probably be hard to argue that saying meet Kevin Kylie, your full name is a trademark infringement on meet Kevin, which is what his name is. And I, you know, I don't, I know he thinks that he's going to sue the pants off of him, but that seems like it's, it would be kind of, it would go nowhere. Anyway, so that's Kevin Kylie. Yeah. Kevin Paffrath, you know, let's talk about him for a minute. Um, the more I, I, I tried to give Kevin Paffrath the benefit of the doubt. And I, you know, we went, if you were on that, that episode, we went through his entire platform. Uh, we went through all 20 points. There was a lot there to get to. And, you know, there, you know we looked at everything. I, I think we said, hey, you know, there's some good things or some bad things. And we took an honest look at it. Yeah, he's a Democrat. So let, let's look at him. Um, but the more I've... After his initial announcement, it seemed like Kevin Paffrath really kind of dropped off the face of the earth when it came to campaigning. I know he's doing more rallies now, but there was a good period of there for like a month or two where he just stopped talking about the fact that he was running for governor. At first, it was like the first couple of weeks. He was like TikTok and he was doing all these things and, oh, here's us raising money and looking at how much we're killing it and I'm going to talk about politics. And then all of a sudden it went back to like, okay, here's my stock picks uh, tune in for what I'm talking about on the market. Um, you know, oh yeah. And he bought a private plane. Um, he likes to show off that he, he flies like really expensive and he flies like first Uber class where you get to lie down and you get fancy wine and cheese and stuff like that, which is not really a good look to be like, look at me flying in these 
fancy planes. Uh, let me show you how I have a private plane and try and explain like, oh, it's actually cheaper if I buy a private plane than I actually get on a, a bus or anything like that. I, I don't know. That doesn't really come off as like you're really connected to the people at that point. Maybe you're smart with maybe financially it does make sense, but I think the, the optics of it looks looks really bad. Um, so there was this point where he kind of just went off the radar and he just kind of kept talking about financial stuff and he stopped talking about being governor and all that. And now I guess he's suing Gavin Newsom over something, um, which by the way, you know, after all these private plane posts and the wine and the cheese, um, all that stuff, he then has a link that you can donate to support his lawsuit that that he, uh, you know, like it's, I don't know. He, he has a weird, I don't know who's really advising him on image and marketing and stuff like the, like that, but it's just weird to come off as this, like I fly around in private planes that I've bought. Uh, here's, you know, if he paid for it himself, God bless him. The optics just don't look good. And I don't know. I, I think if you're a Democrat and you're trying to being a rich elitist doesn't play off the Democrats. So that's just my thought about Kevin Paffrath. But, but I guess now he wants to go ahead. He's suing Gavin Newsom and now he's suing. He wants to sue Kevin Kiley. Um, I don't I don't really see a case there. Again, I'm not an IP lawyer, but I can basically say, like, I don't think saying meet Kevin Kiley is the same as meet Kevin, which is his handle or something like that. And it's like a big trademark. And I don't think Kevin Kiley really cares that he said meet Kevin Kiley and he's trying to play off of meet Kevin. I don't think Kevin Kiley really cares. And I would say like, if anyone knows Kevin Kiley is a Yale graduate of law, a Yale law school graduate. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that was my little side note about Kevin Paffrath. Got a whole bunch of comments flying in. Meet Kevin bought a plane with his funds. Uh, yeah, I think he bought it with his own money. Um, doo -doo -doo -boom. Doo -doo 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 -doo. I want my future governor to not be noodles. I think that's, I think basically everybody on here can agree that we're all going to vote yes on the first question. Uh, for the record, Kevin Kiley is the front runner for me. I've met him in person. He'd make a great governor. KP is cheesy, but he will peel votes away from Newsom as Dems will vote yes on recall. Um, yeah, that's something I've said before that like if a Democratic, a big Democratic name, and I wouldn't say Kevin Pathrath is a big Democratic name, jumps into the race, um, it could it could definitely hurt him. Um, Kevin Pathrath, YouTube nerdy guru niche is a huge turnoff for most voters. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where he fits, like, but... But I also think his, his policies are way too long. Like you have to have like three top things that you can sell to people. Like it's an elevator pitch. It's the classic, uh, it's the classic salesman idea of like, Hey, you want to sell somebody, you have to have an elevator pitch. That's short enough that you can sell someone like on an elevator ride. If you have to sit there and say, okay, here's my, you know, you sit there and you break it. You have time. I'm going to talk about my. I'm going to talk about my 20 point plan. Hold on, I've got 20 points that I would like to go over with you. Three of them are just repeats of the first couple. Um, 
yeah. So if you, you've got like 10 minutes, I'm going to sit here and talk to you. Um, that's not really, that doesn't really work for a lot of people because we have such a limited attention spans. I don't think anyone's going to sit there and be like, oh yeah, tell me your 20 point plan right now. Like, um, it's just, it's just not good political salesmanship really. Um, did he graduate with a JD for, or an LLM? Um, I think it was an, a JD cause he's an attorney. So I'd assume that he went to Yale law school to get his JD to become an attorney. I didn't see anything about an LLM. He did get a master's in education, um, from a Loyola Marymount. Do, 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 do. Any word on Kylie rally at the Capitol this weekend? Uh, I haven't heard anything. If there is a plan, I have not heard it yet. Um, anyway, someone had brought up, can I touch upon what Supervisor Jim Desmond brought up about taxing per mile? I think we've talked about this before. The new plan here in San Diego, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to start doing this all over California, is they want to start taxing cars per mile. Um, and I had pointed out that saying that you want to tax cars per mile is basically admission of, of defeat on the part of the left, because the whole idea of having a gas tax and not going to, we're going to do it per mile was that, well, it's basically based on how much you drive. So it's a fair tax because if you drive more, then you're going to pay more in gas tax. If you buy an electric car, you don't pay in a gas tax. If you pay or if you buy a hybrid, you don't pay as much in gas tax. That was how they sold it. Um, that this was the fair way to tax and then spend it on the infrastructure. And this is something I want to look into when I get the opportunities. Where did all those funds go? Because I still see a lot of roads that are still full of potholes and not doing well. I don't see the roads looking that much better. Um, I would imagine it's billions and billions of dollars. I also want to know where did all the money from the grocery bags go to? Where does all that money go to? Every time you go to a grocery store and you have to pay 10 cents for a bag, I want to know where all that money goes to. But yeah, taxing per mile is an admission on the left that the gas tax has failed and it's not doing what it's supposed to do. And that was something that a lot of people back then said, well, you know, this is, this is the fair way to do it. Um, you know, and then people say, well, next thing is you're going to be taxing like how much we drive. And of course, in, in typical left faction fashion, they always go, no, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, that's, we'll never get there. You're just, you're fear mongering. That's never going to happen. Sure enough, guess what happened? Now we have a tax per mile proposal here in San Diego that they actually want to put a transponder in your car and figure out how many miles you've driven. Now, are there going to be constitutional issues with that? Probably. I believe there's probably going to be a good argument that you can't be tracking people in their cars. The government can't be tracking people in your cars with a transponder to tax you. There's probably a legitimate argument there that you can't have that um, because maybe it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment that you can't track people in their cars at all times because the government can just easily hand over all that information in other instances. So there might be a strong argument there, but at, but 
It is. And I think this is why Republicans and conservatives have to get better at their arguments and point out these things instead of just saying, well, we don't want to tax it per mile because taxing is bad. No, like flip it around and say, hey, you're admitting that the gas tax has failed because your whole thing was that the gas tax was not going to be used in a way to tax per mile. It was this fair tax. Um, it was this fair tax that the people, more people who drove ended up paying more and burden, getting shouldering the burden of it. And then we're not going to tax per mile because that was the idea was that the more gas you use, the more you pay. But now they want to tax per mile on top of the gas tax to support infrastructure. So it seems like it's always like we need more, we need more, we need more, we need more. Well, how much more do you need? Like, when does it ever stop? Um, when did it ever stop? When does it ever stop to be enough for people? Um Obviously, there is the 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 answer is that they're going to keep going as far as they possibly can. Is there any way to combat this driving tax? Um, well, I said there's probably a good constitutional argument that it might be a Fourth Amendment violation. Um, so, so anyway, let's see. Going back on the comments. All right, let's keep it civil, folks. We're all here. We're all on the same team. Everyone, everyone, take a deep breath. Um, ba, ba, ba. got about 10 minutes left. Um, any comments or questions people want to talk about enough is never enough for them until we say we've had enough. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. I, I think people just keep it's incremental change and they keep lying about, um, they keep lying about, well, this will be enough and this will be enough. And this will be enough. And then it's never really enough. So it really has to come down to people who have to show up, especially places like San Diego and say like, no, we are not doing this. I mean, if you want to reach out to figure out how you can get involved, if you're here in San Diego, reach out to supervisor, Jim Desmond. He's on the, on the case. One of the few people who's probably really talking about it. Um, do, 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 do. Who are you behind for governor now? Um, I never say who I'm, that's not the point, you know, everyone always asks me like, who are you behind? Who are you buying? That's not really the point of who I'm behind or who I'm not behind. Or my point is to bring you information and foster the discussion so we can actually talk about this stuff. Um, my point is not that I'm going to sit here and tell you like who you should vote for. That's not really, um, that's not really my point. So what can smaller counties do? Counties like Imperial County, uh, in terms of what? Like, I'm interested in learning more about the California Constitution. Will you do videos on that? Yeah, maybe I might do a California Constitutional series. Did you know there's a private group from Oregon helping to fight the fire up near Shasta Lake? I did not know that. Interesting. Um... Should a candidate running for governor mention this driving tax? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, my goal is not to tell you who to vote for. It's my goal is to bring you the information and let you guys figure it out. 
You know, that's why I try and have as many candidates on as possible, as many different minds on as possible, because really the point of this is to um, help everybody else make their own decisions, make their own informed decisions. So that's that's really my point. I would love a video on the California Constitution. So important. Uh, yeah, maybe I might do a, a, a video. Maybe I'll do a, like, maybe I'll do a series. Maybe I'll break it up into, like, different series and talk about, like, each part of it, like, the more important part of the California Constitution. Talk about maybe the difference between the U.S. and the California Constitution. Because those are our rights, too. Like, people always think, like, it's only about the U.S. Constitution. No, like, there's plenty of rights under the California Constitution, and because we have a democratic supermajority and most people don't pay attention to the California Constitution, that a lot of people get away with a lot of things here in California because they just take for granted the fact that, well, no one's going to call us on it because no one knows about the California Constitution. And it's the, still the supreme law of California. So whatever is in the California Constitution, that's the supreme law of the land here in the state. And if they violate that, they're violating the supreme law of the land. Um, someone asked about what can smaller counties do? Um, I've said this before, like smaller counties, if you want to insulate yourself from Sacramento and stuff that like noodles is doing, focus on your county supervisors. You know, if you can get a whole panel of people who are constitutionalists and abide by the rule of law and want small government, vote for all those people in there because those county supervisors have a lot of control over the county as well as your mayors and your city councils, like focus on those because you can insulate yourself from state politics a lot by doing it that way. You flip. Yeah, then you got to flip the five Senate seats. Sorry if you kind of covered this already, but can you do a little... I, I don't really know Chavez as in Steve Loge. I don't really know too much about Steve Loge, um, to be completely honest. I know he's engaged to the former Real Housewife. Camille Bethany has more of an insight because he's from her area, and she has done a little bit of research on him. I haven't done it yet. The reason I, I haven't really done too much on him... Yeah. You mean Loge, yes. Steve Lodge. Loge, Lodge, is that how you say his name? Um, mostly because I don't really... I, I know he was on the David Harris show. My opinion is I don't think he's much of a factor. I don't think he's a big player like a Kevin Kiley jumping into the race and shaking things up. That's just my opinion. Um, I haven't really done too much research on him. Um, how can a city create their own health office? By vote? Um, they should already have their own health office. So most cities and places do have their own health office. You mean like a office, like a governmental entity? Why would you ever want to create more governmental entities? Why would you ever want to create more government and more government positions? That's just my, my personal feeling. If you don't have one, then like, then I, I, why would you go out of your way to create more? Um, we go with LA County's health office. Hmm. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, I mean, you're, if it's your county supervisors, your county supervisors, you can easily just go 
stop listening to LA County and that's it. So yeah. And, and creating another entity or another form of government or another office, it, I always say is never, ever, ever the way to go. Um, so if that's the case, go to your, your supervisors, go to the people who represent you and say like, why are we listening to LA County? Don't, don't listen to LA County anymore. Like point that out to them and say, stop doing this. You're our elected officials. Stop doing this. There's no reason to create another health officer because creating more government or creating another bureaucrat to solve bureaucratic problems is never really the solution. And also it's this fallacy of like, well, if we just create a governmental entity that if we just get our people in there, if we just get our team into there, it's, it, it doesn't work. Like it never works out in your favor because that office will inevitably be used by the other party whenever they get in there to do bad things. So just don't create more government. Just stop creating more gyms. Yeah, create more gyms. Let's create more gyms rather than more government. Um, so if that's the case, don't create a new health officer. Go to your representatives and just go ahead and tell them. Stop listening to LA County. And if you get enough people behind it, yeah, the only extra should be a homeless czar. I, I don't like czars at all. Um, I, I think czars are like an abdicate, like they're a bad delegation of power. Um, I, I don't think czars are a great way to go. I mean, Trump appointed what, like a couple, maybe one or two czars. And now there's czars all over the place. It's always like the Democratic administrations that love czars they just absolutely love czars they're just like obsessed with well i'm going to name this person a czar and now kamala or kamala is the uh border czar and now we have a gun czar and now we have a john Kerry's the climate czar like just too many czars czars are yeah czars c-z-a-r-s it's a term from the russian kings and they call them czars for some reason so Basically, it's when you put someone in charge of something in the government and they have like no oversight. And it's just like, hey, you're going to run this. You're the czar. You're uh, you're the border crisis czar. You're the climate change czar. So, game out of. Um, all right. A couple more minutes left. I do have to do a hard stop at 10 today. Do... Thank you for answering my question. I hit send before I finish my thought. We're a small border county and it's heavily Democrat controlled. There's a lot of corruption in our area. Um, well, then you got to root it out and vote it out. I know. Do, 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 do. All right. Any more final question? Got about three minutes to go. As always, the audio version of this will be available probably later today. So um, if you are someone who can't make it or someone who doesn't want to listen to the whole Instagram and, and kill your phone battery by sitting here and watching a video, now the audio podcast will be going up. So if you like it and you want to share it with other people, you can share it through Instagram or you can share the audio podcast. So if you say like, hey, this is a really cool thing. I think you should get into it. I think you'd like it. Um, then please share it. Get the word out there. That that helps. Um, beep, 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 beep. Anyone want to meet for lunch at the French Laundry? Are you buying? 
If so, then yeah, let's do it. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Which candidates are going to take on SB 145? Probably all Republicans. Where, how, and when, and where will people go to vote? Uh, in terms of the recall, I think it's, sadly, it's going to be mail-in. Do a segment on universal basic income. Um, I know they're trying to push it, for sure. So. Uh, he said, loud clear, we want morality, and we won't settle. Um. Yeah, I mean, we you know, we could certainly mail in scam. Um, I think we talked, Tamika discussed it on the podcast the other day. If you didn't listen, Tamika has a, a strong point on that. As someone who's gone through it herself, she can definitely tell you what's going on on the ground. And I can tell you right now, being kind of connected to the Republican attorneys here in California, is that there are a lot of eyes on California uh, when it comes to sort of these voter integrity. But the point that she was really taken away from this is if you're upset and I can see people are already really upset about this volunteer, go to your Republican County party and say, Hey, I want to volunteer to be part of the ballot integrity or the election integrity. You can go view it. I mean, it is public knowledge. You can go to your registrar of voters and you can view this stuff. Um, if you are upset by it, go volunteer, you know, do something about it. And the more eyes that are on it and the more reports that can be there, that's better. And and that's sort of something that like the National Republican Lawyers Association does throughout the country is they get a lot of attorneys in different spots to be ready if there's any irregularities that they are on it. They file a report, they get ready, there's a litigation team ready to go to file complaints so it's not like a lot of Republicans are sitting with their hands on their, on their, uh, sitting on their hands. Um, so if you want to get involved and you're upset by like mail and stuff, go volunteer. Um, Dominion is everywhere. Ah. All right. With that. I do have to do a hard stop for today. So thank you again, everybody. This was a great live. There are a lot of people on here, a lot of probably new people on here. As always, we do this every week, Wednesday, 9 a.m., Coffee in California Politics. Um, how do we volunteer? Uh, reach out to your local Republican Party. Say, hey, I, I'm interested in being a part of... Uh, just reach out to them. I, you know, I can't answer like everybody, like what every county does. Um, but if you're upset by voter integrity and this stuff, you can get involved. And this is one of those issues of like where I think they take advantage of people not really paying attention um, to what's going on. Get involved. There are tools at our disposal to get involved and keep an eye on this. So if you want to sit around and be like, well, mail-in voting, Dominion voting, da 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 like, fine, but like, go do something about it. You know, you can talk to your register, you can talk to your county supervisors, you can get involved as a volunteer. Um, we'd love to do a meetup with, yeah, we talked about meetups, maybe a unofficial California underground meetup. I don't know where we would do it, but yeah, there's also a discord. If you want 
to join the discord obviously that there's a lot of like we can really talk about a lot of stuff on the discord that won't be censored by the big tech overlords because they think it's you know it's not appropriate information but join the join the discord the link is in my bio um so oh you're very welcome yeah we're, we're all trying we're all trying to spread as much information as possible and keep spreading this information keep spreading it all to other people um so there's the discord um there is this every week podcast i believe tomorrow we might have one with uh sharon from let them breathe i gotta confirm that for tomorrow you'll see a post um that's basically it stay tuned and i will see you guys on the next one thanks everyone for hopping on bye Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 